I dare you to look in the mirror and say your name and say, God wants Doran rich. How does it make you feel? Do it. Get yourself, challenge yourself. Get to the place where you go, I am uncomfortable with this. That's probably a good place to grow. See, God wants more for you than you know. I'm going to keep saying this over the next few Sundays. We're going to talk about God's heart for you and what he wants to do with it. If you can understand the purpose behind it, you will welcome it. You won't, you won't run away from it. See, God's blessing also comes with persecution. Now, this is where you go, okay, not interested. Not interested. I don't really want all that. What if it's God's heart? What if God's heart for you is to bless the world around you? You know where the persecution comes from? The people who say that you're just selfish. You're focused only on yourself. It's the people in your own circles that begin to hate you for your prosperity. They begin to get jealous of you and say, this, this isn't right, this isn't right. Why is this? And when you tell them, God's blessing is on me, they go, there's no way, have you ever seen? And they start talking about slander that they've heard. And they say, do you know that? See, the persecution doesn't come from the world. The persecution comes from the church. It's, it was the same in Jesus' day. They hated him for what I just said. I said, Doran Wenger, the son of God. Did they not hate him for that? They killed him for it. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And you can, you can sit there and go, how audacious. How can you say that? Listen, if you've seen Ezra, you've seen the Father. If you've seen John, you've seen the Father. If you've seen Kenro, use some of the women. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because that's what Jesus did. Am I not to become like Jesus? Am I the perfect representation, full and complete? No. But you, you see a part of him. If you, stand, if you look around in church and you say, look at him, look at her, look at them. God says, look at me. See me in them. See what I'm doing in them. When you start pointing people back to him through your prosperity and they begin to receive it, they begin to accept it, that God wants this for them, their lives will be transformed. You'll see what happened in America, this country. You'll see it happen in your local, just in your neighbors. God's blessing is on you if you will receive it. If you do not receive it, you can block it. And most people do. And it's a strange thing to me anymore. I, I, it is strange when I see people block the blessing of God because they don't want to be accountable for it. They don't want people to see it. There's a, uh, a guy that I, a, a friend, acquaintance that, uh, they needed a new vehicle. He needed to buy a vehicle for his wife. And he really wanted a new one. And he actually had the money. So he went and bought a brand new SUV. 
luxed out version. But when it came time to drive it, he wouldn't drive it. In fact, he didn't want her to drive it to church. He didn't want her to drive it anywhere where somebody would see it. He said, I just don't want people to know that I bought this. Now, you tell me, is his heart for the Father or for himself? It's, and he got over it. They started driving it. <laughs> they, they, they started being seen in it. And I don't know what people said. It doesn't matter to me. And it shouldn't matter to him. But this was on his heart. And I'm, I'm guessing you found yourself in the same or in a similar type of situation sometime. If not, the more you learn, you will. You will find yourself in this situation where you say, do, do I, am, I, am I displaying something for myself? And God says, why don't you do that? Why don't you, why don't you wear that? Why don't you drive that? And you say, but it's not about me. He says, no. Do what I say. It's about me. See, he will continually challenge you. If you're a good steward, he will have you steward. And when that happens, you'll look like the king. The steward isn't dressed like a pauper. The steward is the representative of the king. The king's not going to have his steward dressed in rags, meeting with, with someone else that's representing another king. This steward is going to say, I represent king so-and-so, and he's going to have nice clothes. He's going he's to present the king to those that he interacts with. So this New Testament example, we'll come back to that as well, but I, one of the things that it quoted was Psalm 112. If you look at uh, verse 9, it says, as it is written. So I want to read Psalm 112, where it is written about the man of God, the man who fears the Lord. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man deals graciously and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. The wicked will see it and be grieved. He will gnash his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. How many of you hearing those verses can say, that's me. How many of you would want it to be you? Or would you say, not sure I want the pressure. Do you notice every time it talks about his righteousness, it's not talking about God's righteousness. It's talking about the man's righteousness. Wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. It's lowercase, his righteousness, the man's righteousness. He has dispersed abroad. Do you realize when this was written, 
David, David's writing this psalm and, and he's talking about a man who has so much wealth he gave to other places in the world. He has dispersed abroad. That's philanthropy. That's more than just, hey, I got a new car. That's wealth for real. He has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. This is the man that displays God's heart. If you want to take something to the Lord, take Psalm 112. I dare you to go challenge the Lord on this and say, this isn't me. I don't believe that this is for me. This is for someone else. One of the challenges that I've found is in talking through this with people, people have a, a piece of the pie mentality. There is only one pie worth of wealth in the world. So if I take a bigger piece, that leaves less for the rest of the world. So I'll take a small piece because I'm nice, because I'm compassionate and caring. So I'll take a really small piece, just enough to meet my needs. As long as my needs are met, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. I don't need extra. The pie is never mentioned in the word. Do you know what he is? He's a fountain, he's a river, he flows. The wealth of the world is a river. See, we tend to think, well, okay, but there is a finite amount. Really? What verse is that? Don't take me to something you see around you. Don't take me to the gold mine that's running out and say, see, it's running out. Go to the word. If you want to know what the blessing of God is like, go to Niagara Falls. This is where the Lord challenged me on it. I, st <laughs> I stood at the edge of Niagara Falls and this is, this is on the American side all the way out on the edge. Has anybody been to Niagara Falls? Okay. I, I've been there, I don't know, 15 or 20 times. I, I, I lost count. Because whenever I'm somewhat in the area, I'll drive there and stand at the falls and talk to the Lord. It's not that far. It's only four hours from here, so just go. At the edge of the falls, there's a, there's a wall that has been built to keep the, the water from washing out the bank. And so it's man-made, and there's rocks laid up, and people toss their coins in there. So there's just this flat area, not very big. I mean, 15 feet, you know, whatever. And the water sort of sometimes splashes over that wall a little bit, but the flow of the river goes over the falls. And it's thunderous. It's amazing. It is, the voice of God is as the sound of many waters. The voice of God is as the sound of much water. Ah, I, I have heard the voice of God there and, and written in my journal things he's, he's showed me. So I'm standing there and I'm looking at this little water splashing over this wall and these coins in there. And the Lord says, that's how much you can provide. <laughs> I'm like, there's probably $20 in, in all these coins, probably, maybe not even that, I don't know. It's, it's nothing, basically. And this little splashing of water, that's all I can provide. And he said, I'm on the other side of the wall. That's how much I have. That's what I provide. You take a coffee mug and you dip it into Niagara Falls, it's going to be full 
just like that. You take a 55 gallon drum, it's full just like that. Take a, take a tanker truck, it's going to be full just like that. It doesn't matter. You can hook a pipeline to it. The falls will not care. The river doesn't care. The river continues to flow. You did not impact the river. God's flow is much, much bigger than Niagara Falls. Take all the rivers in the world and combine them. He's even bigger than that. But if you stand at Niagara Falls and you imagine how much you as a person can take from it, it's a great, it's a, it's a wonderful place to see how small you are, to see how pale your provision is in comparison to God's. But see, he wants us to get in the river. He wants us to get in his flow of provision. You are not impacting the world in a negative way by immersing yourself into the flow of the river. You actually are able to take the flow of the river and redirect it to other places. You know what an irrigation ditch does? An irrigation ditch will take a little portion of that water flowing and distribute it out. We lived out west for 10 years of my life. I lived out west. In the mountains, semi-arid arid land. Things would not grow without irrigation. Our irrigation ditch was seven miles long. So it took off the river way upstream and ran through our property. It was only this big and it watered, I don't know how many acres. I'm not going to guess. Has anybody been to the Columbia River? Columbia River Gorge. Columbia River Irrigation System. It's amazing. There are areas of land that would be barren, except that there are full rivers. These irrigation ditches are like a river. That are, they take it off of the Columbia River and they water these huge areas. That is prosperity. That's God's view of prosperity. He wants us, he wants you to be an irrigation ditch. He wants you to be open. See, there's a, there's a head gate on these irrigation ditches. And you can, you can close the gate and that flow stops. And everything relying on that ditch will die because there's no water. The moment you open that, that head gate, whew, the river's always willing. The river's always willing. God's river doesn't go down in a dry season. He doesn't have a dry season. We did have a dry season out there. You will not deplete the river, but if you shut the head gate of God's prosperity in your life, you will not steward it through your irrigation ditch. I hope, this, I hope this visual makes sense to you. God wants to get it through you, not just to you. If he can get it through you, he will get it to you. His river will always be up against your head gate. But he wants it to flow if it stops with you. I'm, I'm just going to say this, the, the, the piece of the pie thing. So if I have just enough for me, just to serve my needs. I'm not, I'm not greedy. I'll, I, ju I just need something small, just, you know, whatever. That is the most selfish mentality any person can have. Selfish. And here's why. Just enough for me. 
I don't care about them. What do I care? No, just enough for me. I'm really frugal with what I have. I don't waste it. I'm just very careful. All I need is enough to pay my bills. Selfish. Now, hopefully this is challenging you. Hopefully, maybe you get a little mad at me. Good. Good, because then you can address it, deal with it. Look at your heart and, and, and look at your, your view of the people and the world around you. Your neighbors, your, your associations, the connections you have. Are you willing to become a steward? Are you willing to allow your head gate to be opened and allow God's flow to flow through? Where I lived in, in Washington, we had, it was a golf course, and so we had uh, irrigation ditch, but we would fill our ponds with that. We had multiple retention ponds that, that held a lot of water. So people could come past the golf course and say, you guys are so greedy. You just take all of this water and you just use it to make a nice pond. Do you know that once the pond is full, and all of our pumps were pumping out of those, out of the ponds, once the ponds are full, the flow, like, it continues on. We're not taking any more than, than we're supposed to. We had water rights, and we took, according to our water rights, our water rights would keep all of our ponds full and irrigate the whole golf course. Water it. When the water started to go down, this is what happened in the dry season. We had enough, not only for what we could do, but if we needed to, we could supply to other people. See, God's blessing will look like a, uh, overabundance to those around you. They'll say, why do you need that? You may not even be able to answer the question. Why do you need it? Are you willing to answer by saying, I'm a steward of God's blessing. God has blessed me this way. And he wants to bless you too. See, the challenge is, are you willing to present the heart of God to those around you? Blessing because of Abraham, because of the covenant that we have with God. Blessing belongs in your house. It's, it's unnecessary to chase after blessing. If you chase after blessing, your heart is turning toward that. But if your heart is turned to God, his blessing will overtake you. If your head gate is open, your, your irrigation ditch will flow up, will, will fill up. It will flow because God is faithful. If you're chasing after it, your heart is somehow looking to use it only on yourself. And then becomes, then when you have to address, am I selfish? The question, are you selfish? That's something you have to answer. That's something you have to ask God and let him tell you. But don't accept it just from people who see your circumstances and say, this tells me this about you. Allow them to misunderstand you. That's what persecution is. People misunderstanding you and saying negative things about you. That's okay. That will happen. That will happen. That's part of the deal. Part of the deal because when you're confronted with the blessing of God, you have to also deal with it. There was a time, maybe there's a time right now, where you're offended by this. That's okay, you'll get over it. You will, you'll get over it. And your, 
display of God to those around you will probably become offensive to someone else. But guess what? They'll get over it. They will. Especially if you're willing to have love. Not be offended. Not take it as you, I need to, mm. you want to stand up for yourself. You want to explain this. You want to say, well, you don't really know. No, just love them. Just love people. Allow them to misunderstand you. Our biggest fear, one of our biggest fears is not having enough. And God says his first priority of prosperity is to meet our needs. So he says he will meet our needs and then he will give us extra. So he's not just asking you to let the flow of the water come through and not take any of it. If you're listening to him, he'll say, take this and do this with it. Take that. Pay off your house. Why? Because I said so. And that's what he tells you. He says, pay off your house. And you go, okay, well, that would be awesome. Okay, you pay off your house. Then what? Pay off your neighbor's house. What? Yeah, do it. If you're willing to allow him to to do things in your life, he will use your abundance to bless those around you. There's a, a couple that I know that is very wealthy and they, they drive a very expensive car. Uh, I'm not even going to say what it is, but it's very, very expensive. <laughs> it costs more than a lot of houses. So, they're driving this car, or they, they resisted driving it initially. But the Lord would tell them, go get in the car and drive around town and wave out the window at people. They're like, no way, I am not doing that. Until they realized God was working on their pride. See, they weren't willing to do this, but that car was given to them. It didn't cost them anything. In fact, the, the, the family that gave them the car said, we're going to pay for oil changes, tires, gas, everything. If you have a need, you take it to the dealer, they'll fix it and bill us. It would cost them more to drive an old piece of junk, rust it out, whatever, than it would be to drive that car. But they resisted driving that car because what it said, quote unquote, to those around them. When they realized God was working on their pride, they said, okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll drive it around. And there were those people that have totally come against them and slandered them. But then there was other people that said, why are you doing that? And when they told them the story, they said, I want to know your God. I want to know why would, he, why would he do this? And they started explaining the heart of the Father. So, again, look at your the condition of your heart. What are you willing to receive from the Lord? Allow him, allow him to give you seed so that you can sow. And we'll get into this next Sunday. We'll talk about God giving seed to the sower. He gives water to the irrigation ditch that flows, I'll say. It's, it's the same difference. If there's seed in your bag and you're willing to sow it, he will continually fill your bag. He will continually give you so you're sowing on your own land, you're sowing on your neighbor's land, 
your, your bag of seed continues to fill up. And we'll talk about the difference between bread and seed. God designates what is bread and what is seed. We'll get into the specifics of stewardship. But I couldn't go any further with the Lord. He said, you're not, going, you're not talking about any of the specifics until you talk about my heart and my heart of blessing. Because when you start to operate in his principles, you will be blessed. That's part of the principles. He who sows will reap. So if you sow abundantly, you will reap abundantly. That, that couple that had that car, they had, before that time, given away over 180 brand new cars to people. Now, when you sow seed like that, you're going to reap something. Seed grows. The soil is faithful. God is faithful. His principles are faithful. You can look at the harvest of that car and say, why, should, why is he driving that car? But you don't know the seed they sowed. 180, how many, how many brand new cars, how many couples have you taken to a dealership and said, pick out your car, don't care which one. Lux it out, pick your leather, pick your colors, pick everything you want, and we'll pay for it. How many times have you done that? Once? Zero? 10? 50? 100? 180? For goodness sake, really? This couple has built and paid for 12 houses for young families. We'll send the builder your, your way. Pick out whatever you want. The house is on us. How many houses have you paid for? See, when, a, when, when someone starts to sow, God is a better giver than you are. He will get it back to you bigger. There is a, there is a harvest. If you sowed seed in the ground and you only reaped the exact amount that you sowed, that wasn't worth anything. You should have just eaten the seed. You'd have saved a lot of time and effort. See, when you sow one seed and produce 30 or 60 or 100, all at once it becomes this little pile of seed produces a barn full of harvest. That's the way it is in God's kingdom. We'll talk more about this. I want you to seek God's heart. Recognize him as the giver. Take this whole week. Ask him what he wants to show you. Ask him to reveal your heart to you. Where are you shutting down that head gate? Where are you saying, I don't know that this is of you, God. I, I'm not convinced. This sounds too good to be true. This sounds too much. Take it to him. Let him reveal something to you this week. I'm going to close by reading Proverbs 22, verse 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Ask him if you are desiring wealth or denying wealth. Both of them are wrong, by the way. Well, again, I'm getting into my message for next week. Desiring wealth or denying wealth. If you desire wealth, your heart of worship is turned to it. If you're denying wealth, your heart of worship is turned to yourself and away from God's heart. If you turn to God, don't deny it and don't desire it. Allow it. Allow him to flow. This is your challenge. And I, I, uh, I'm going to be here three Sundays. And we're going to get somewhere. And God 
is going to take what you have thought is not enough and he's going to abundantly multiply it beyond what you can beyond what you've expected now on the way here I had a couple I was singing one of the songs and it was uh, you are holy it was just it wasn't it wasn't playing on the radio it was just in my heart and I was singing it I got here and they're singing that song practicing and then I was, I was I was watching the message from from the well a couple weeks ago I wasn't able to make it there and so I was, I was listening to that message and it stopped playing and so I just hit my Spotify on the on my phone and pushed play the blessing song came on and so and I, I was singing that as I came in the parking lot here it ended right as I drove into the parking lot when you guys started singing that song, it, this is a major confirmation for me. That, because it's, it's randomly on my, it wasn't even what was, it wasn't even what was listed. I hit play on a, on a huge list. It was a random shuffle, although it's not random. So I would like to close by you guys singing that song if we could. And when you're singing, may his blessing be upon you, let's say upon us or upon me. I know this might sound selfish, it might sound self-absorbed, but you have to hear yourself say it. You have to hear it to my children and their children and their children and their children. To a thousand generations, God's blessing is on me. It's not just on you. It's easy to sing the song, saying, may his blessing be upon you. And you go, yeah, hope it works out. I want us to sing that song. Can you guys come up? And allow God to sing this song over you. Open up your heart. Open up the head gate of your irrigation ditch. Thank you so much. <laughs>